Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. And you picked a great week to be here because we're starting a brand new series called Chosen. And the main verse for this is Ephesians 2.10. And here's what it says. It says, for we are God's, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. And so this is you. This verse is about you. And you were chosen. You were chosen. This verse says that God has things planned for you to do, that he chose, that he set aside for you to do. Anybody ever look at like a different time and think, I would have done really good if I was born in like the 30s or the 20s or the 50s. Or you look at the cars and you're like, yeah, definitely the 60s. That would have been great or, or a different time. But here's the thing. God, the Bible says that he chose you. The timing that you're here wasn't an accident. You might look at the world and be like, it's horrible. It's awful. And God's like, yep. And it needs you. He's like, this is it. So you are chosen. So turn to the person on your left and say, you're chosen. Okay, turn to the person you didn't choose and say, you're chosen too. I love it. Well, we're starting this series and we're going to be in this for a bit here. And anytime that I draw from any one resource, a message or a book or something for a series, we'd love to share that with you. And so for this series, this book here, is called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. And it is an awesome, awesome book. I loved it, and I think you will too. And it's also going to go along with and kind of go a little bit further in some ways than this series is. So if you like this book, get it. It's in the back. I loved it. I liked it, so I bought it for you. And I say me, actually, you bought it. You already paid for it, okay? So it's free to you now. You already paid for it. So there's a few of these in the back, help yourself. If we run out, just let us know. We'll get more. Um, but please grab one of these awesome, awesome book, and I think you're really going to love it as we do this series, as we begin this, Chosen. And when I, when I think of Chosen, I think of, and I kind of go back to like fourth grade gym class. Like they're picking teams, right? And for me, like you're... you're we're, we're sitting there, and I never really cared which team I ended up on. I just didn't want to be last, right? You just, you just don't want to be last. And you're like, well, what game is it? And I'm sitting there, and I was skinny. Like, I was skinny, 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 skinny. Like, absolutely tiny. Stand sideways, stick my tongue out. I looked like a zipper. I could hide behind like, a telephone pole. I was skinny, 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 skinny. And so some of these games, you're like, you, you sit there and they're, they're picking the teams and you look and you're like, they picked them before me? And then you're like, and then they pick them and then it gets lower and like a little bit less and less and less. And you're like, I just don't want to be last. I just don't want to be last. Because a little anxiety over chosen and who's it going to be and like, what is this going to be like? And, but let me just say, God chose you. And the thing is, is he knows every single thing about you the good, the bad, everything in between, and God chose you. He has a plan for you. And we can come up 
We can come up with a lot of reasons why God shouldn't use us. Anybody have a reason why God should not use you? I've got lots, like so many, so many, so many reasons. I'm like, God, you should not use me, not at all. Find somebody else, anybody else. Absolutely. That's one of them. See, there's another reason. I just stopped talking for some reason. But here's the deal. Over and over, God uses some of the strangest people. So if you're a little weird, better watch out. Because God seems to migrate, it seems to go towards some of these weird people just a little bit. Don't believe me? Let's look at the Bible. We're going to go to Judges. And we're going to go to Judges chapter 6. And you may be familiar with the story, maybe not. But this is the story of Gideon. And the Bible says that the Israelites, whenever they would plant crops, whenever they would do this, that the Midianites and all their neighbors would come around and just come in and destroy what they were planting just destroy all of it. They were just oppressing, just, just ruining the lives of the Israelites. And this has been happening over and over and over and over. And the Israelites, God allowed it, the Bible said. He's like, you, you've turned away from me. You're off doing your own thing. It's another picture of we don't just ask God to bless what we're doing, but God, when we do things God's way, his blessing is on it. And they've stepped out from God's blessing. They're doing things their own way. They cry out to God for help. They cry out, and this is what we find. It says this, and we're going to start in verse, where do I want to start? Verse 6, Judges 6, chapter 6. So Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. And what, is, what happens? Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree at Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this is just a little bit interesting because Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. If you've heard this story before, you've probably heard, that's not where you do it. Wine presses, that's down, that's low, it's out of the wind, it's usually going to be somewhere where down a hill because you don't, it doesn't matter where it is, and if you're gathering up the grapes, you bring them down to the bottom off the hillside, they're down there, you're going to press all the grapes, you're going to get the wine out of them, that's where that is. But if you're going to thresh wheat, well, then you want to be up on a ridge, you want to be up where it's windy. So you're going to be up high because the wind's going to carry the chaff away, and you're going to get more of the kernels. It's going to be easier. So we've got Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press, hiding from the Midianites, the Bible says. And then the angel of the Lord shows up and says this to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, he wasn't out really doing any mighty warrior stuff. He wasn't like sneaking around and one by one, like pulling down the Midianites and like, ah, like breaking their necks and like, okay, next one. He wasn't doing any of that. He wasn't up on a hilltop or hiding in a tree with his sling and like, ah, sniping the bad guys. He wasn't doing that. But the angel of the Lord shows up and says this. The angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He wasn't doing warrior stuff. He was doing wimp stuff. He was hiding He's like, ah. he's just off doing his own thing like somebody come solve a problem. This is what he's doing. But yet, the angel of the Lord shows up and calls him a mighty warrior. Verse 13, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are the wonders that our ancestors told us about? 
when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So here we've got wimpy Gideon. The angel of the Lord shows up, calls him a mighty warrior, and then gives him some mighty warrior like, like endowment, like touches him in like magic wand, fairy godmother, bling. No, no, that's not what happened. But that's how I would write the story. That's what I would have happen. Instead, the angel says this, nope, you're a mighty warrior. Now go in the strength you have. Didn't like suddenly give him anything. Didn't give him anything. No special power, no bling, bling, no blah, blah, blah. Nothing, but just says, go in the strength you have. Anybody find that weird? I look at that and I'm like, you could have done something. Like there's something for the guy. Be like, hey, here's a magical sword, go fight. And it's like flaming, it's on fire. And every time he says, ha ha, it does something cool. You're like seriously, maybe lightning would shoot out of it, something. But none of that happens. None of that happens. The angel of the Lord just looks at him, calls him a mighty warrior when he's being a wimp, and then says, go in the strength you have. You've got it. Anybody ever feel ill-equipped to do something that God has called you to do? Anybody seen a parallel between this and you? You're like, okay, like go in the strength you have. You've got this. But that's exactly what we see happens here. Verse 15, this is, this is Gideon's reply. He says this, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? He says, my clan, my clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Then verse 16, the angel says, oops, you're from Manasseh? Wrong, Gideon. I got to go. I don't know what happened. And he took off. No, that's not what happened. But Gideon's laying out the reasons here. He's like, look, I'm not in a place of leadership. I'm not even, my clan, like my family isn't in a place of leadership. And above, and of of all of them, like I'm at the bottom of the totem pole of all that. Like, look, I'm threshing wheat in a wine. Like what, you got the wrong guy here. He's making all of these excuses. And honestly, they're pretty good ones. Like, I'm not good. Like my clan, this isn't, I'm not a leading clan. Like this isn't good. I'm not the guy that you want to be using on this. He's not the brightest, he's not the bravest, he's not out there doing warrior stuff, and yet God comes and chooses him. Ever come up with some reasons why God shouldn't use you? Well, God lays something on your heart, and you're like, that's not for me. That's not for me. And we're like, no, that couldn't be God, because God would choose somebody who was better positioned than he would me. Let me just say, nuh-uh. I'll say it again, Nuh-uh. no, it's amazing who God chooses to use, but this is what we see over and over and over in scripture, is that God doesn't choose the best positioned, the most eloquent speakers, or those that are just, oh, they just, people just gather around them, and God's like, okay, I'm going to use them for this, but over and over, what we see in scripture is God's like, that one's a little weird, I think I'm going to use him. And that's what we see over and over. In fact, there's a message in 1 Corinthians that Paul's preaching and he says this, remember dear brothers and sisters, remember dear brothers and sisters that few of you are wise. How 
be encouraged. Go home. You go to church and this is what you hear. Remember that few of you are wise, just so you know. And then he says this, in the world's eyes, or that you were powerful, remember that you weren't powerful. Remember that you weren't wealthy when God called you. Verse 27, instead, God chose the things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think that they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Verse 28, God chose the things despised by the world, the things that are looked over, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considered important. What does he choose to use? He's like, he purposely looks for the little weird, the little odd, the things that people are overlooked. God's like, I'm going to use them. You watch what happens. You watch what happens. I'm going to use them. So let me just say this. You're chosen. God wants to use you. Ephesians says plans and things that he put in advance for you to do. And you're like, but I shouldn't. And you might hear that and you might have, well, you know what, I'm really not, uh, th- that's not for me. I don't think so. Maybe somebody else, but I don't, I don't like being around people or I'm, I'm a little shy or I, I say things and I say it wrong and I get it wrong. Or you don't know what my past is. And you know where I've come from. Or you don't know what happened last night and I say past, but really, uh, this shouldn't be me. And God's like, yep, I know all of that. And I choose you. He wants to use you. You can come up with these reasons and they can be good, but guess what? God wants to use you. Even about Jesus, Isaiah is, is talking and he says this about Jesus. He says, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance that would attract us to him. It wasn't like, oh, look at that jawline. Oh my goodness, oh, let's just follow this guy. No. You and I, we seem to think, well, if I have this, this position and that's who could do these great things for God or should do this for God or could lead my class or stand up or, or make this change or speak out at my work or do this, whatever it is. And God's like, no, I want to use you. And our culture, our culture just wants to find an excuse to tell people that they can't do anything and that, that if you've made a mistake, you are a mistake and you can't do anything. Because like 20 years ago, you were in a photo and with this person you shouldn't have been in a photo with because of what they did last year and you should have known, so we're going to cancel you. And you're like, are you serious? But that's our, that, that is what our society is doing. Oh, you said something wrong? Well, that's inappropriate now. It wasn't five years ago when you said it, but you did it on the internet and so now it is, so now we're done with you. Cancel. Like we're just done and we want to find an excuse to just be done with people. That's what we do. Oh, you did something wrong? Done. God, we're, we're done. But God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Recommended this book. It's a great book. I think you should read it. But what if I told you, how likely would you be to read this book if I told you, I want you to read it, but you might, before you, before you search the author's name, I do want you to know that years ago he had an affair. And then to try to cover it up, he had his mistress's husband murdered. But the book is really great, and I really think you should read it. Some of you were like, I'd read it more then, or like, I, don't, I wouldn't at all. Like, what in the world? I don't even know. Is this real? What's happening right now? We would, we would be so hesitant. We'd be like, wait a second. Let me just ask you, have you ever read the Psalms? What did David do? He committed adultery. 
And then to try to cover it up, he had her husband murdered. But yet God, God didn't throw him by the wayside and say, you're done. I'm done with you. That was the mistake. It's over. In fact, it says this about David. That God says, he was a man after my own heart. He made mistakes. And how many of us have made mistakes? I'll raise everything I can. But God still uses us. I think as we look in the Bible and we see the list of people that God uses and who he chooses to use, it's just a picture that God's not done with any of us. He wants to use you. You have a legitimate reason why you think, God, I'm done. God isn't going to use me. I'm too old. I'm too young. I did this. They know that about me. This happened there. It's not happening. I've got this phobia. I can barely do this. This doesn't work here. And it's legit. Some of it. Some of it, you're exaggerating and you know it. You are. You're just wrong. You're just taking it too far. But there's a whole lot of it that's absolutely legitimate. But guess what? The Bible says that in our weakness, he's made strong. You're chosen and God wants to use you. He has works planned for you to do. Your, your goal in life is not to die later, but God wants to use you right now to make a difference. He wants to use you. The thing we see over and over in Scripture is we see a perfect God use imperfect people to do great things. I made a small list of some of the people that God used. Peter in the Bible. Peter, amazing one of the disciples, amazing man of God. What did he do? He denounced God. He denounced Jesus. Jeremiah got discouraged and depressed. Should we just cancel him? Elijah ran from Jezebel. Abraham compromised with Hagar. Isaac lied about his life. Esther was the wrong race. She was Jewish. They were like, no, that's, no, that's, that's not okay. That's no good. Zechariah didn't believe an angel. Like, come on, cancel him for sure. How do you not believe an angel? I mean, if an angel told me to do it, I would do it. Anybody else think that? I've been, okay, I'm the only one. Jacob was a liar. Noah got drunk. Leah was ugly. It's in the Bible, okay? <laughs> Joseph was abused. You can come up with a reason. It might be legit. But God's like, I still want to use you. I can still use you. Moses had a stuttering problem. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. Martha worried too much. Jonah ran from God. Ruth was a widow. Job went bankrupt. The disciples fell asleep while they were praying. The Samaritan woman had been married five times. You can probably find yourself somewhere in there. And God's like, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Jesus said this, when we make mistakes, God doesn't, so often, we think God distances himself from us, but he doesn't. He doesn't distance himself from us, we distance ourselves from him. But Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says this, he says, come to me, all who are weary. Come to me. He calls to us. He's not running away. He's like, my burden is light. He's like, get over here. He doesn't run away from us. God chooses to use imperfect people. Now, that doesn't mean that we just run and we don't care and we're like, okay, God's going to use me. I'll do whatever I want. No, God calls us out of that. He's like, no, there's something better. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, he says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be foolish. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, or uh, abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. But he goes on in verse 11 and he says this. And that's what some of you once were. You were like that. 
but you were cleansed. Come on, you were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus, not because of what I did or didn't do, but because of what Jesus did, because I call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is it. God purposely chooses the little weird, the little, mm, I don't know about that one. And then he uses us. He uses us. And you want to say, well, why? why? Why would he choose me? Judges chapter 7. We go back to the story of Gideon. And Gideon had decided, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And God convinced him. He put a fleece out. And he's like, okay, let it be wet and the ground dry. And then, then it be dry and the ground wet. And we'll go back and forth. He's like, okay, God, I'm going to believe in what you say. And I'm going to go ahead. And I'm going to do it. And so he gathers up an army. He sends word out to all of Israel. He's like, okay, we're going to do this. Let's do this. And so an entire army shows up. Judges 7, verse 1. Early in the morning, Gideon and all of his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Now that doesn't make sense. He's like, you have too many men. And then God said this, I cannot deliver Midian into your hands or Israel would boast against me that my own strength has saved me. God's like, here's the deal. I want you in a situation where the only way you can win is if you rely on me. He's like, I want you in a situation that if I don't show up, you're going to fail. I want you in a situation where there is no way that you can walk away and say, I did it, but you'll give glory to God. I want you in a situation that those around you, that your family members, that those who have seen you, they see what happens to you and they say, that was God. There's no way Gideon could have pulled that off. There's no way. So God tells Gideon, he says, this is what you're going to do. You've got 32,000 men. That's too many. So this is what I want you to do. He says, tell everybody. If you're afraid, you go ahead and go home. When he does that, 22,000 leave. Now I'm thinking the 10,000 are like, I wasn't afraid, but now I am. Like, this changes some things. Like, can you ask the question again? Is it still too late? Like, what's going on? There's only 10,000 of us left. And God says this to him. Verse 7, the Lord said to Gideon, with 300 men, because God told him, you still have too many with the 10,000. With 300 men that lap, God told Gideon, he says, you're going to separate them by the way that they drink out of the water. He says, those that take their hands, pick it up, pick up the water, and lap it up out of their hands. He says, That's, those are the ones you're going to take. With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but he kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others. You may have reasons why God shouldn't use you, but God wants to use you. He wants to use you. You're like, no, 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 not me. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says it like this. Paul says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Each of you have a gift from God. So that's, that applies to you right now. So each of you, so you, 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 me, you, 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 all, you have a gift from God. Each of us. There's not one that was skipped over. It wasn't like God's like, ooh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. God's like, no, 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 no. 
I've got a plan and a purpose set in from advance. I know before you were born the plan I had for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You have a gift. God wants you to use it. Let me just ask, how many of you right now, how many of you have a gift card? How many of you have a gift card in your purse or wallet you haven't used yet? Raise your hand. How many of you have a gift card? All right. So I read something really interesting this week. It said that the average adult in America has $116 in gift cards that they have not used. They're just sitting on $116. And I read that and I was like, no way. And then I opened up my wallet and I'm like, oh, there's $50 to, to some restaurant chain thing. I was like, I gotta figure out where to use this. I'm like, I'm part of that phone. No, that's ridiculous. $116, the average adult here in America is sitting on. That's a lot of money. And it's like, come on, you could do something with 116 bucks. Anybody? I could do something with 116 bucks. Like, absolutely. But then they said, so if you add that all up, that's about $15 billion of unused gift cards sitting in Americans' pockets. And you might sit there and think, my gift my gift wouldn't really make a difference. Yeah, maybe I do have a gift. I kind of believe that. And you, but let me just say, are you sitting on it? Are you just sitting on that gift? Because altogether, let me just tell you, if you're not using it, there's a hole. And it's missing. Maybe you come to Life West and you look and you see some things and you're like, there's some things I like, but there's some things missing here. I agree, there are. But I'm wondering if it's not you and that's not your gift, and that we're just waiting for you to step up. We all have a gift. You have a gift. Don't sit on it. Don't leave it unused. The body of Christ, the church, and the world needs you to use that gift. We need you to use that gift. There's all kinds of different things that you can do, but you have a gift. Begin to use it. Katie's using her gift. Here's a picture of Katie. Katie, every picture I found of her, she's smiling. And you want to know what Katie does? Katie helps with the check-in. She's usually greeting over by the kids. If you're new and you didn't know what to do, or you come in with a kid and you look like you don't know where to go, she's going to walk up to you and she's going to say hi. And yes, she'll probably have coffee in her hand. I can't find a single picture that she does not have coffee in her hand. <laughs> and she's going to walk up to you and she's going to say hi and she's going to smile and then help you know how to check your kids in just to make it just a little bit easier. But she's using a gift. She's doing something. She's doing something. You know who else is using their gift? Corbin. Corbin is using his gift. He's hanging out. And normally, Corbin's back with the, th the third graders. And he hangs out with them. Just this last week, he went to camp with a bunch of our students, hung out, had a riot. I asked him, I said, how was it? And he's like, man, said, God moved in my life just as much as he did the kids, if not more. And he began to just tell me all about what was going on and what happened at camp. He's not waiting until he's a little bit older, until he's out of high school or any of that. He's been serving with kids since we started practically. He's using his gift. He's, got, he's like, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to do something. You can find reasons. It's hard, and I'll have to wake up in the morning. I'll have to change schedules. Yeah, absolutely. But you can come up with a reason not to, or you can say, God, I'm just going to do it. Maybe I'm just weird enough he'll really use me. There's another couple who are using their gift. And now this picture, this picture 
is intentionally a little bit different than the others. And this couple, this couple, they own a business. And, and really, they have the gift of making money. That's, that's the, the best way to put it. They have the gift of making money. And what they do is they give. And this couple, they loved, they, the, the business is going well, so like, we're going to build the kingdom of God. And you go right ahead and look around and try to figure out who it is if you want. But they've never even been here. But when we started, they heard about what's going on. They said, we have a church that we tithe and we give to, but we'd love to help support what's going to be happening before we even started. And they haven't even stopped. They're like, we want to be a part of what's going on because they have a gift. And they're like, we're going to use it to build the kingdom of God. You have a gift. I don't know what it is. But the word, God, the world, the church, needs it. We need it so much. Whatever it is, begin to use it. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but we've got a little thing called growth track. It happens every Sunday during first service, right after second song, it's dismissed. It's a four-week class to help you to know what your gifts are and how to use them to build the kingdom of God. It's fun to do the things we're good at, but it takes it to a whole nother level when we take those things and we use them to build the kingdom of God and make a difference. No matter what it is, and that's why we have small groups that get together and people that just, somebody just loves to host and they just are so good at it. So they have people come over to their house and people are just comfortable and they open up and they share. They share about what God's doing in their life and they lead groups and that's their gift. And there's others who are like, I want to be in the back. And so they're hiding and Jeremy, he's actually up like kind of underneath the ceiling in a back corner right back there. You can't see him. Go ahead and look. But he's running the live streaming right now. And he's just hidden back there and he's as hidden as can be. And there he is. But as a result, the message gets out and we get to send it out every week. And so many of you have said, even people who come here and they're on a regular basis, they're like, you want to know how I started? I went online and I looked and he's back there and he has a gift and he's using it. And how are you using your gift? How are you using it? Because here's the deal. You are gifted. God wants to use you. Those reasons that you think he hasn't, they're all true except for the fact that that's not the reason he hasn't. Because God will use you. You haven't messed up. You haven't thrown up too much, made a big enough mistake over here or there that God's like, I did not see that one coming. I knew of everything else, but you came up with something new. That's good, but I can't use you anymore. That's not it. That's not it at all. At all. God wants to take your mess and, and turn it into a message. That test you went through, he's like, it'll be a testimony. You watch what happens. You're not too young. You're not too old. We need people who have the energy. He's like, God, I believe God can do anything. And God's like, good, I need you. And we need the people who are on the other side of it, who said, I've seen God's faithfulness. And they can come around those who are coming up and still say, yes, I've been where you are. And God's faithful. And look, this is what's going to happen. And, and nope, God's going to be there. And you just stay steady on this. And you're not too old. You're not too young. Let me just tell you, you're just right. Just right. God wants to use you. Oh, but he could have, and I've made this mistake, and I missed it back there. Good, absolutely. Recognize what we've missed and say, God, use me now. Use your gift. Use your gift. Use what God's given you. I don't know what it is. Then jump in somewhere and watch what happens. Jump in somewhere. You're never going to learn to swim on dry land. You've got to get in the water jump in. And a great place to start is at church. Jump in. You're like, well, how do I do that? Good question. I'll put that up on the screen for you. Here's what you can do. 
You take your phone. You can haul it out right now if you want. You can look at that through your camera, and a little link should pop up, and it's our Dream Team application. And say, I want to be a part. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to use my gift somewhere. There's some options on there. Just put one on there. And maybe you say, yep, this one fits me perfectly. The minute I read it, I'm like, yeah, I know this is for me. Or you might say, I just need to get started somewhere and I'm just going to do something. So why don't I start with greeting? Or why can I do this? Can I help with some setup or some teardown? Or can I just, can I be in the back and can I cook? Or what can I do? I want to do something to help to make church great for the next person that's going to come in. I want to use my gift somewhere. Because here's what I know. If you're not willing to use it here, you're not going to use it out there. So jump in somewhere and say, this is it. Today's my day. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do something. And begin to use the gift that God's given you. And watch what happens as you cultivate it and it grows. Because let me just say, you're chosen. God loves you. Those reasons you think God doesn't want to use you, God's like, no, in your weakness, I'm made strong. Watch what happens when you trust me. Lean on me in such a way that you know that if I don't show up, it'll fail. And watch what I do. Because God wants to use you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes just a minute? I want to make sure before we leave this morning that everybody in here, you know right where you stand with God, if you're in this room or you're online, that you know or maybe you're here this morning and you're listening and you're saying, you know what? I don't know where I stand. I want to know. I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to be set free. Let me just say, there's not a scale you're trying to tip. Jesus came and he made a way where there was no way. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, you will be saved. So maybe today it's your first day and you're like, today's the day I want to give my life to him. Or maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? I know that God loves me. There's a time I was living for him, but I've turned my back on him, and today I want to declare, I want to come back. I want to be his. I want him to forgive me. I wanted to say I'm his again. He's calling you. He says, come to me, all who are weary. He isn't pushing you away. He was welcoming you back. So if you're here with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, today's my day. Today I want to give my life to him or I'm coming back. But I'm going to leave here knowing right where I stand with him and begin to use my gifts to build the kingdom of God to make an eternal difference. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. With the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. Online, you too. Get ready. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up. Say, that's me. Today is my day, and I'm going to give my life to him. Awesome. All right, hands down. Let's go ahead and pray with those that lifted their hands. Repeat after me if you would. Everybody all together say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. From now on, I'll live for you. Thank you for shedding your blood so I could be free. With all that I am, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.